0: hello and welcome to Totem Talks, Season 2, Episode 7.
1: That is correct, I have no no alterations to make.
0: Yep, (laughs) good. That's it then, let's wrap it up. I mean, before Um, we
1: make any mistakes. We have
0: nothing to say, now we're 100% accuracy on this episode. Uh, But no, welcome back to another episode of Totem Talks. Uh, We are happy to have you, I'm assuming welcome back, unless you're one of our new listeners. In which case, thank you. Uh, In which case, thank you, and go back and listen to everything else.
1: Yeah, Definitely.
0: Heck, man, come on! Do you want us heck and frustrate? Not listening yeah, all to those all those other our stuff.
1: episodes are way better than this one. So I mean, <laughs> stream it all in one day. Yeah, that's definitely. true. I'll
0: just binge it over and over and it's over again.
1: Make this now that
0: The Office no longer has is is no longer on Netflix. Great point. Instead of going and watching it on Peacock, not a sponsor, right? Uh, just binge this instead. Yeah, that's uh, because a great idea. Unlike The Office, you still have use of your eyes when you binge totem talks that's true you can look at things yeah you that are different do other things yeah great and that's
1: the only <laughs> way that we beat the office yeah i mean this is this is a really great sell we're doing here on on us
2: <laughs> totem talks purely for the ears yeah
3: <laughs> well you can have you listened to it? have
0: you seen us it's definitely purely for the yeah. ears. all right except for nick that adonis over there <laughs> what a <laughs> hunk <hump. my> god <laughs> Chiselled from the finest marble in Greece.
2: (laughs) 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 All right. Is there any way we could move on? Blushing. (laughs) Oh.
0: Anyway, yeah. uh, So, uh, as is typical, uh, let's introduce
1: ourselves. This is Totem Talks, and I'm Pat, and I am Nick. Yeah, you are. And I'm Alex. (laughs) Oh, good. And we've got three artists that we're going to be covering on the episode today, as it is a normal episode, and I am very excited to tell you who they are. Yeah, Uh, sure. We are going to kick things off with Manfred Man's Earth Band. Yeah, we are. And then we are going to roll into uh, a little indie group called Fox with a P-H. So F-O-P-H-X? Very close. Um, I'm going to let that slide. (laughs) P-H-O-X, all capitalized. Uh, And then we're going to round things out today with Sublime. So it should be a very different episode which is I always yeah. love when we have three things that are completely different from each other.
0: Yeah, you know what they say opposites attract. Right, exactly. Cool. Uh all right, I think we should just get started talking about our first band, right? Unless yeah, do we have do anything it. else we want to say?
1: Not at all. Cool. Then uh,
0: yeah. So let's talk about Manfred Mann's Earth Band. Uh so Manfred Mann is a person. He's a human being from South correct. Africa. I wouldn't have guessed it. <laughs> and, yeah, right, right. Uh this is I believe his third band. Or third some, amalgamation right. of musicians. He had
1: had work in some hits before uh, Man for Man's Earth Band, like right. his cover of uh, Mighty Quinn by Bob Dylan and uh, Do What Diddy Diddy. He was kind of known for for a couple of tunes before the Earth Band got together.
0: Well, and now he is uh, known for being in Manfred Mann's Earth Band. Very true. And they formed in 1971. They were active until about 87. Then they came back in 91, and they're still going strong. Wow. So, hey, power to them. Yeah, love to see that. Uh, So we went over three of their albums. We went over their eponymous first album, Manfred Mann's Earth Band, uh, which came out in 1972. Then we went over the Roaring Silence, which came out in 1976, and then we rounded it out with the album 2006, which
1: of course came out in 2004. Right, of course. Yep. Yeah. Where, when else would it have come out? I, of course, is correct. Yeah. I, I, I have, you know, whatever. Pat, do you want to talk about Manfred Man's Earth Band, the album? Sure. While you're already talking, might as well. Um, it was good. That's uh, great I, analysis. All right. Uh, yeah. So uh, honestly.
0: It's tough for me. Um, Manford Man, Manford Man's Earth Band really is hit or miss for me. I like the overall style of music, but sometimes it feels like just a little bit like I'm trying to, just a little bit full of itself. Is, is, I guess, the way that it makes me feel. Okay. It's just a little bit like the writers of this music kind of feel like they're too good for it. Sometimes. They're a little superior to the that's music. That's what it feels like. And, I, like, you can, t- like, it's very good. Most of it is very. Musically good. speaking, definitely. Musically yeah. speaking. Um, vocally, there's some some issues on this first album. It's not the best vocally. Um, and so this is kind of a mix of covers with original music that's been kind of uh, mashed around the covers to, like, yeah. make the Manfred Mann sound. Uh, and that's kind of a theme for Manfred Man. Definitely. Um, but for the most part, I mean, definitely positive vibes on this album. Um, I really enjoyed their cover of Bob Dylan's Please, Mrs. Henry. Oh, yeah. A uh, really good song. Uh, I actually knew that song, which I was surprised about uh, most of the time when-, when This Bob version Dillon, or the Bob the Dylan version? The Bob Dylan version. Okay. Which is surprising to me because almost every time I hear a cover of a Bob Dylan song, that's the version I know. Right, yeah. And then, you know, somebody, usually Nick, is like, that's a Bob Dylan song. And I'm like, no, it's not. Yeah, right. No, it's not. That's a Johnny Cash song, Nick.
1: Nope.
0: Uh, but anyway, I really enjoyed a few of them. And like I said, some of them just had that feeling of, all right, all right, dude, we get it. You're, you're talented. We understand. Okay. Um, that's pretty much what I've got. Uh, the I will shout out the song Tribute.
1: As will I.
0: Right. Yeah. That yes. one didn't feel like that. That was a yeah. man original. It right. was an instrumental. Very, very
1: good. Yeah, that was part of the reason why I wanted to to highlight that one too because there are so many covers in the Earth Band repertoire that a really great original like that one I think is definitely worth pointing out that they do a lot of their own stuff that's very good. Yeah. Another cover that I thought was super interesting was a longer song towards the beginning, Captain Bobby Stout. I really liked that one. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely wouldn't have said it's like pretentious. I didn't get that vibe necessarily, but it is a much more progressive take on a lot of songs that were out at the time. So Manfred Mann's thing, I mean aside from when they're writing their own pieces, is very much to take popular songs or even songs that maybe weren't even all that popular but we're out and good songs, uh, and do a very progressive rock arrangement of them, which for me and I would assume for Alex is a major positive, and that's something 100%. that we like. We're big prog rock guys, um, so I really loved the arrangements that they did with pretty much everything here. Uh, what I thought was interesting, I have uh, a couple of six degrees of totem talks here, um, so if you want to lay on the sound for me, thank you. So Manfred Mann's Earth Band uh, actually got its name from a guy named Klaus Vormann. And Klaus was in an original, uh, was in one of the earlier Manfred Mann bands, uh, but he wasn't going to join the Earth Bands to play along with them. Uh, So he gave them the idea because of that earthier sound that they were going for compared to like some of the other uh, musicians going in some of their other work, uh, that they should be called Manfred Mann's Earth Band. Klaus Vorman uh, is also someone who might be familiar to us because he did all album art for the album Revolver, which we talked about on our Best of the Rest episode.
0: Wow. Yes.
1: Wow. Uh, also, the drummer for this band, Chris Slade, played one album with eye Heap, and he was the drummer for the band The Firm with Paul Rogers and uh, Jimmy Page.
3: Yes, and then then last, one.
1: Thank you. Last but not least, uh, the bassist here, Colin Pattenden, who, very good. You're um, going to make
0: me break the button. Sorry.
1: Uh, I really enjoyed uh, what he brought to the group, too, but uh, shouting out Alex here, too. He brought up a couple of weeks ago on the episode The Music Died uh, a woman named Carol Kay, who was a phenomenal bassist and had played on so many different tracks for so many different artists, and really, she's one of the most prolific uh, musicians in like rock and pop music history uh and the way that colin Pattenden learned how to play his bass was by um ordering uh like the carol k bass books and how to learn and uh so she had like a whole series out there and he learned from carol k essentially on interesting yeah yeah so i think that really washes out the six degrees of totem talks this week i am all done (laughs) <laughs> Those are some good six degrees of total. Thank you. I'm sorry if
2: I stepped um, on your toes at all, Alex.
0: Might have been, might oh, no, have been no, like 18 no worries. degrees right there.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. like 32 degrees. <laughs> um, I'll talk about the album next, I guess. Um, I really enjoyed the album. There's The sound of the Earth Band is really, really tight. Mm-hmm um and uh, not too tight that it, it maybe seems a little you know uh like overdubbed in post-production like right, I mean, doesn't that, seem it just seems like yeah, it seems really like in they're all in tune with each other which is really nice um th- the songs that were the covers on the album, were definitely a lot stronger to me than the songs that were the originals. Um, And I really enjoyed how with the covers, too, they're bringing their own sound to it. Yeah. Like, when I I heard Please Mrs. Henry and and I found out that was a cover of, of a Bob Dylan tune, I was like, I wonder how the Bob Dylan one sound. And when I listened to it, to the Bob Dylan tune, I was like, oh, this sounds worlds different. And so I, I was really drawn to that, that they're not only doing covers, but they're making the covers their own. They're putting it in their style. Oh yeah. Which is really nice for a band to do. Um like if you're gonna do covers, that's the one hundred percent correct way to do it. Um I enjoyed the the setup of the band, which is um, guitar, bass, drums, synth, and and vocals. And I I, I think the synthesizer, and I know Nick hates synthesizer. I loved it so on this album. It, yeah, it was very tasteful. It, it was placed in every like it was in the right moments. It wasn't like overly synth, which I I think sometimes. Uh, band leaders who play synthesizer will tend to make them overly synthesizer but i think it was just right
1: yeah no this album is a great example of why i don't hate the synthesizer in general it's just like the way it was done for a lot of pop music is annoying and artificial sounding this sounds great yeah um but yeah i I think that's all i really have
2: to say about the album. i'm living without you is a great song yeah Oh, yeah, sure. We can just go right to the next to album. The roaring Silence. To the Roaring Silence. So, first off, Here Roaring it is. Silence, the highlight of the album is Blinded by the Light, well, in my yeah. opinion. Which the highlight of their career. Yeah, so uh, now,
0: now that we've said the name, anybody at home who was like, I have no idea who this band is, now yes, you, you know yeah. that you do. They're the yeah. band who sang Blinded by the Light.
1: Although, that was also a cover of a Bruce Springsteen song, and no one really knows the Springsteen version. I've heard it. There's good even reason even Springsteen why. doesn't. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, even as someone who is is not like pro Springsteen, I'm not a fan of his because I don't like Wait, his singing voice. Really? Like an objective look at his version compared to the Manfred Mann version, and it's like he's probably happy that that one gets all the radio play. I, I had said to Brooke,
2: I was like, Oh, we're doing Manfred Mann in the uh podcast this week and she goes, Oh, there they're the guy revved up like a deuce another role. and I'm like, Yeah, that's them. Yep. Um but so the next album, The Roaring Silence, was released uh, August of 1976. Um, I believe it still features the same lineup um, with the addition of Chris Hamlet Thompson on
1: the uh, uh, lead severe vocals.
0: severe improvement on the vocals. Yeah, right. Most people yeah. would think of
1: him as the vocalist for this band because of the song, would, but he was not on that first record. And
2: one, one of the things... I liked and maybe also
1: kind of disliked
2: about the record is they seem to kind of take a little bit more of an experimental sound. Uh, They had uh, in The Road to Babylon, they had like that kind of choir thing going on that it almost sounded like a Bach chorale to begin with. Mm -hmm. And I enjoyed that. But but then uh, I think it was in was it in Starboard or Questions where they did something a little similar to that again and I I did I was like all right you're overdoing it now at this point with with the okay. with the choir you um, can, you're allowed to think that I, yeah I mean I'm sure that I'm, Pat will disagree I disagree so oh for I, the right yeah <laughs> uh, well I guess I'm alone here but yeah. uh, one of the songs I really enjoyed Waiter there's a yawn in my ear mm-hmm. I think that was a really good song. Um, and I and the instrumental on it work on this album was amazing. Oh yeah. Um the vocal's a severe improvement, like Pat was saying. And yeah, I think that's all I really cool. have to say about it. Pat, I know
1: that you're you're itching to talk about that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. So I did enjoy this album more than the first album and I I do enjoy the music. I there's just something about this band that I don't love. Hmm. And I like really I can't articulate what it is. I did really enjoy the Road to Babylon.
1: Oh, I love that.
0: Uh, so I I thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah, I definitely wrote down that you would love that. I definitely enjoyed the harmonies throughout. Really well done. Um, I did. I also agree that the vocals were a huge step up. Uh, Chris Hamlet Thompson is a much better vocalist than I believe it was Mick Rogers.
1: Could have been. Mixed with Manfred himself. Yeah, A lot of that first album they used group vocals to kind of yeah. cover. Um yeah, which I think was the right move for them. It that was. Record.
0: And that's what I that's why I said it was just kind of lacking. Yeah. Um, but I, I one thing I do want to bring out a little uh six degrees of totem talks <gasps> on this one. So uh, uh pray the button, play the button. Oh yeah. Um Dave Flett who is the lead guitar. He is known for playing with another group that we did on this season, Thin Lizzy.
1: There you go. So all there we go. There. Well done. Um,
0: which Yeah, no, it's pretty. that's pretty great. Uh, so now we're up to like 50 degrees of totem. Yeah, that's just like for that. Manfred Man's Earth Band. It's just starting to only, just starting <laughs> starting to only gonna up. Only going to go up. Yeah, so um, all in all, I... Don't necessarily know what I don't like about Manfred Mann's Earth Band. Okay. I, and I like them. Like, I listen sure. to it and I enjoy it, but then I, like, got through, like, all of them and I'm just like, all right. I mean, I'm kind of, I was kind of done. All right. I uh, get that. I, I, I don't know. I did, I did enjoy Waiter. There's a yawn in my ear. I can't necessarily put my finger on what I don't like. I, I all really right. can't. Yeah. I, I don't know what technical thing about what they're doing I'm not a fan of. I think
2: there's there's sometimes uh, uh, you can tell when a band is really full of themselves. I, and, I and feel like that's what it too is. Too indulgent. And I, I don't know. I don't okay. agree with it I don't with think you on it's it, here, but like yeah. I can understand. Like with and I, and this might be some some blasphemy to Nick. With Frank Zappa, I can kind of get like how sometimes it seems too. Oh yeah, Frank Zappa's
0: kind of smelling himself, dude, and he knows it. Yeah, but Nick but this, knows it too. I can, can too. see, I mean can I see like how him. this yeah.
2: kind of crosses there, but I I don't think it it's it's all the way there. Okay, to, to the point of unenjoyableness.
1: Yeah oh I enjoyed it I just yeah I also uh, really really like this album a lot Um, and a lot more pieces written by man or the guys in the band on this one too Uh, most of it at this point has been written by them instead of just like the first two tracks blinded by the light, obviously, as I mentioned with Springsteen, the other one, which was an eight minute, like Epic called singing the dolphins through, which was super weird lyrically, but musically, I absolutely loved that song. I really loved that song, um, quite a bit. And then I just wanted to talk about a little bit, you guys kind of were poking at the uh, classical influence on this record too, but it was like very specifically, um, the song questions, was based on uh, Schubert piece and Starbird uh, got some of its theme, like some of the thematic parts of it from Stravinsky's ballet The Firebird. So uh, again, for me, incorporating that kind of classical influence is just another, you know, feather in their cap. It's something that I really enjoyed quite a bit. Uh, So I would, I think, because of having Chris Hamlet Thompson as the vocalist here, that's what really takes this uh, album above the first one. Uh, And then the production is a little bit cleaner, too. Uh, Not, again, like it sounds robotic or anything, but you can tell that they've upped the game a little bit for this one, and it sounds like really clean and precise. and then from there, I guess I will just take us all the way to their most recent record, 2006, which came um, out in 2004. Came out in 2004. Uh, and I had a, the future. Yeah, right. Um, I had a very hard time finding this one. I didn't even listen to all of it because I found bits and pieces on YouTube. So it turns out the the mistake that I had made was looking for Manfred Mann's Earth Band. When if you want to find this record uh, through, I guess Spotify or Apple Music or anything, you have to look for Manfred Man's solo so the story behind that is essentially that Manfred mann was taking the band in a direction uh, musically that maybe the rest of the band just wasn't really fully on board with and he kind of wrote that out in his liner notes for the record where he's saying there are just a lot of tracks that were more experimental than the band was maybe interested in in putting out there or a little bit less rehearsed than they than they wanted to put out so it's basically this album is Manfred Mann with Manfred Mann's Earth Band. Um, so because the whole Earth Band is playing on it, we incorporated into this. It's incorporated into the Manfred Mann's Earth Band discography, uh, but it's much more like a solo album uh, in terms of like musical direction and what was happening. Um, and it was fine. I mean, it's certainly nothing like the other two at all, and I didn't even really get to listen to all that much of it. Like I said, I was just kind of like seeing what I could find on YouTube. Um,
0: this is going to be exciting. It's for it's me.
1: very easily the weakest uh, music from what I could hear out of all three, but unfortunately, I don't have like a, a okay. full picture of of what happened. I here. need
0: to know, Nick. Yeah. What songs did you listen to? Did um, you write them down?
1: Definitely, "Demons and Dragons" the beginning. Um, A couple of those interlude pieces like Two Brides and Happenstance. Mm-hmm. um i heard down in mexico as well which was kind of bizarre it was kind of a song i would expect mm-hmm. out of zz top mm-hmm. like kind of like talking real low over what's going on and telling the story uh i'm not sure which other ones those ones i remember specifically
0: okay alex i want you to go second because i want to talk
2: about this last
1: um okay so this album to me cool. thank you alex. felt <laughs>
2: like a huge departure from the band like and, and i i not calling it um like, not saying that it's written by Manfred Mann's Earth Band is understandable because it doesn't really have that same tight sound. The musicianship and, and uh, of all the, uh, players uh, uh, people on the album uh, is still great yeah but a lot of the songs t- seem like they're just kind of jams and then at some point they just kind of start to fall apart so they're like ah we'll just fade it out and about half of the songs on uh, on the album just fade out which i i think a fade out is a really cheap ending to a song mm. and and i i don't that's just me i just prefer very like solid endings maybe one or two fade outs i don't mind okay because gonna you're say, fading we have out, one on our first record yeah, but if you're fading out song after song after song, okay, yeah, like it's like it's find a play, a way to end your songs.
1: Okay, um, I I don't want to say I didn't I, enjoy the songs. What if the they songs? do
0: the fade out live though? Then I'm then I'm all for it.
1: If you can replicate that no. live, that's like five X Factor. Points. I'm in. I'm in. Nah, I, I'm not, just I'm not. Somebody fade just out guy, sitting there and
0: just. Lowering the gain as they still sing.
2: Yeah, right. And I didn't dislike the album. I didn't. I didn't. I don't think it was one of my one of the top albums this week. No. Um, a song of really weird note that I I think I might be yeah 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 sure. no 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 it's fine if you say it. Uh, the history of sexual
3: jealousy, <laughs> yeah, part it is. It's weird.
2: is is so it seems like uh and uh, and I don't know if 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 like it seemed like
1: an R Kelly song. <laughs> It is Which a cover, is like, to be clear. It's not it, a Manfred Mann original. Is it a cover of R. Kelly? Like, singing It is, is he a cover of a Scottish singer named Momus who wears an eye patch. Yes, that's interesting. Yes, but it's it, it was it
2: was definitely a weird song. He's named after the I, Greek
0: I, god of mockery. Interesting. There's your uh, six degrees of Greek mythology,
2: right? That's what we all there tune in go. for. <laughs> we, we already had one earlier in the episode when we talked about how, you know, how chiseled Nick is. <laughs>
0: he is a, a sheer Adonis. Yeah.
2: The halls of yeah. Mount
0: Olympus are scattered all with, right. with you say your piece, statues Patrick? half as good as Nick.
1: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um People are gonna be so disappointed when they meet me. No, they're
2: not.
0: <laughs> if anything, you'll hold up expectations. Oh my god. Uh, once but we anyway, take the, once
2: we take the podcast on the road, they're going to be like, wow, Nick's even more sizzled <laughs> than they described him. Exactly. Nick, I will say with the with, with the specific descriptors we're using,
0: uh, uh, you need a you need a gym membership, buddy. Yeah. Tell me about it. Because like you're you're looking fine, but you got to be you got to be pumping them irons.
1: Tell me about it. No. Yeah, really. You're letting us down. I'm waiting until uh, I have my vaccine to go back in public. That's well, fair. Nick, that's you have fair. to work out. You know you do have to work out for me and Pat and I yourself. do work out. I just do it at home.
2: Yeah, but, but you that's We got to do it for all three that's of That's not them.
0: working out. That's homing out. Uh, fair enough. Because you're not doing it at work. All right. Well, can you talk about this album so we can move on? <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, I agree with kind of what you were saying. Uh, the other song that I wanted to bring up as being just super weird is called Frog. And Nick- so it kinda did what you were talking about in Down in Mexico where it's just a really low voice telling the story of this yeah.
3: frog like over and
0: over again. It, it was it was weird. For the most part, yeah, this was a lot more of a jam band vibe than the than the the previous Manfred band's earth band sound. I totally do get the the idea of, of him coming out and being like, This is not the it's not the earth band, it's them pl- helping me make an album. Yeah. Of my solo work. Uh, good for him to take that bullet for them. Fair enough. Because uh, I, I... There was a lot of stuff on this album that I just did not like. Um,
2: I would just like to give a shout out, though, to uh, the bass player Steve Kinch, who... Sure. I think this is like one of the only albums he's played on because I tried looking him up. Oh, really? I couldn't really find anything. His bass tone on this album is stellar. Like, if if this album is worth re-listening to, it's purely for for the bass. Yeah, I I mean, well, coming from the bass player, that's a little biased. Uh, I know, yeah, it's a little biased, but he has a great twang to it, and it's just, it's like one of the best bass tones in in my opinion for like modern rock
0: sure one of the best bass tones for modern rock interesting yeah. okay i wouldn't have thought of that i i i struggled with this album just kind of getting past the weirdness okay um there like i so demons and dragons is the opening track i liked that one that was a fun a fun musical opening um nothing really off-putting but just like the further in i got it just kept getting weird. Like, it just kept getting weirder and weirder for me. And I really was just out of it. Um, After the song Frog, which is the ninth song on the album, <laughs> um, the rest of it was pretty normal. I liked uh, the March Slave.
3: Yeah, Tchaikovsky.
0: The Tchaikovsky piece. Um, Obviously, I enjoyed that. I also enjoyed Independent Woman for the same reason, the mm-hmm. Tchaikovsky influence on that song. Um, But all in all, it, definitely the weakest by far. Yeah. All right. Um, let's enough.
1: grade them. Yeah. Okay. I don't think we're gonna have any controversy for uh, cultural impact. It's one, a one. hit wonder. Yeah. You get a one. Yeah. And I think that's it's right a. Where wo- we're at. There's nothing Yeah. They've
0: done nothing other than that. Like I. Yeah. So like normally with one hit wonders, like I'll try to find something else they did. Like you know, like Rick Astley. I mean, when we other did his than anatomy, the fact one that, wonder, that he, he had, had so much some more. songs
1: that were outside of the Earth Band that did. Decently, I mean, right, but, but that's, that's separate. It, I, but that's separate, you know. Yeah, but I think what
2: it is is like we know the song more than we know the band. So sure. At that point, you just got to. Oh, I like, challenge,
0: I challenge you to find more than a handful of people who know this band's name. I, All like, right,
1: I, I do. Well, uh, let's talk about Breath of Work then. Uh, so they have 17 records. They have 17 records. Right. So uh, one of them went gold, and that was the roaring silence because of Blinded by the Light. I do just- we know
2: how many of them contained covers? Because uh, they, they do most of covers. Most of them, of yes. They do a lot of covers. Okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, here's my—I have a big issue on this episode for Breath of Work, um, and Manfred Mann is, is involved in it. All right. I don't know what score you're thinking of for them. 17 albums, I believe, is what they came out Correct. with. Correct. And they, none of them charted except for the one gold. Like, no, or no, nothing else had any certifications.
1: Right, they did chart, to be I clear. Mean, they they were, charted throughout the they, Europe and the United States. I mean, like kinda. the next several, uh, there were some that were, you know, I mean, one hundred thirty-eight on the 9, chart. Three, I'm saying they they did do well in places. No. They did they well. In several the- albums that were in the top ten in different countries.
0: In yeah, uh, so I fully understand that. I'm looking more at the United States, the United Kingdom, sure, and stuff like yeah, they they charted at number three in Germany and they charted at number two in Norway. Uh, C- can I
2: throw a, a number out there? You mm-hmm. may, and, and you guys, yeah. you guys tell me if we want higher or lower. I'm gonna say like a good six point five. I'm maybe I'm because well they lower. have the seventeen albums, yeah, but a lot of them contain covers,
1: and, right, and, and, and like also, Pat's saying they're not charting in the US, right. But they're also musically speaking, very good albums. They're good. I'm well, lower yeah, well than six point five. I am with Alex on the six point five. Oh my gosh! I mean, like seventeen records is a lot more than our average. I, oh, but again, the quality is we, good. The quality is is a bump for them. Do you disagree I that guess, the quality bumps? I them? guess. I mean, it's a lot of records, and I, they're I'm, good I'm, quality I'm, I'm, records.
2: Yeah, they're good quality, but like, you, I'm kind of dodging them the for pr- the covers a little bit. You are the
1: of quality over quantity sold. That's You I, always kind of want to push quality instead of the, that is, the-
0: That's not true. I find myself often being like, but nobody bought this. Now, now, Pat, Pat, sure. I know why you have these. an yeah. issue- Yeah, except for
1: the one gold, which, I mean, that's not good for them. I don't know how much I, it hurts them.
2: I know why you have an issue with the breadth of work. But I think right now we just kind of have to take it um, like as it is, and, and I, I think a six point five is fair.
1: I mean, what were you thinking?
2: Uh may maybe
0: a six, maybe okay. A six. So we're gonna we like go to like, a like six half point. point I, was was to get ta- I was expecting to get talked up to a six oh. from like a five point seven. I mean, nobody bought them. I like it's good musically. Yeah, there's mo. It's a lot of covers, so like, yeah, you can release a bunch of covers. I can release fifty cover albums. Sure.
1: I understand that. Like, None of that. And we I talked mean, about how the first album had more covers than originals, but by the second album, they were more originals than covers too. So, I, even if you said, "Let's only talk about their original music," even for their this, biggest one-hit wonder be like is nine or ten. right? And Literally,
0: this band is not known at all for their original music in the popular media. Correct, but how many? All.
1: How I will. The, my only counter to that is more people are familiar with that than they are with no one knows the that Bruce Springsteen wrote that I'm song. I'm not
0: saying that <laughs> that wasn't my point. I'm not saying that nobody knows yeah. that he wrote and it. I'm saying
1: he wrote it. Right. He wrote it. And with the exception of the words, Manfred Band's Arrangement is an entirely different song. I, Actually, some of the words they changed, too. But
0: listen, clearly but, I outnumber. Yeah,
1: you are, and the, my reasoning here too is like the thing about the covers. If they were doing very standard, straightforward covers, that would be one thing. But Manfred from for Earth Band completely rearranges uh, and reorchestrates every song that they cover. It's like a completely different piece so of right, music. Originals with okay. Look, I, yeah, I understand. I,
2: I'm, I'm only docking them a little. Like, I think I would have given them a seven if it weren't for the covers, Like, okay. just because they weren't really so charting a well. So 6.4. But 6.4. Yeah, I could do 6.4.
1: Okay. Instrumental talent. This is another area where... This is probably the last area where they're very strong. Yeah. I mean, I think I mean, we I, agree I that I they're, agree agree they're very good I agree with you musicians. they're strong musicians. So... I I, I mean, the, the vocals weren't great on the first record, but uh, once they brought in... Um, their other singer i think they got significantly better he's good yeah he's definitely good i'm sure yeah, you Yeah once would agree they brought in that.
0: Chris Thompson
1: they were better yeah i mean are, you're not disagreeing that he's a very good singer right oh he's a very good singer okay. i would agree with you on that all right okay. just checking
0: listen i'm just trying to i'm tr- i'm trying my best to hedge my positivity cuz i feel like you guys are about to throw out a number that i'm not going to necessarily Pat why don't, why don't you give us a number yeah, and, what and you we'll thinking, tell you how we talent? like it i mean instrumental talent I thought it was all good. I thought there was some moments, some flashes, but, I mean, I might be, like, in the sevens. Okay. okay. In the
1: sevens is fine by me. Okay. I mean, that's, that's fine. Yeah, that's perfect yeah, for I, me, I, too. I was,
0: I was thinking probably, like, a 7.4.
1: Okay. I don't I don't disagree with that. I think 7.4 is totally okay. fair to them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, songwriting talent. Again, what I mentioned before, um, I just wouldn't take away all of the points for... Uh, covers not, because yeah, I, I think either. that their arrangements are phenomenal and definitely super different from the originals. So I, I do think they have a talent at arranging and writing music that is very And the originals strong. are still good too. And the originals like were the covers good, yeah. are way better. The originals Agreed. are still good. Agreed.
3: Agreed.
0: I don't disagree with you. So
1: they should be docked, but not fully they docked.
0: Sh- but the thing that they should be docked about is what Alex just said. All of the covers are better. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not even just saying more yeah, popular. right, right. Sure. I'm saying like they're better. I agree. Which means when this band gets together and doesn't have like a crush, something, yeah, it's not the it's not the same caliber. Sure. So I mean, yeah, when they're given like a seed, yeah, they can ma- help grow something. Totally but when they agree. have
1: to create the seed, it's it's less. Sure. Alex, did you want to say
2: something? I was just gonna point out the fact that the 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 roaring silence like only had like. Two covers, two covers on it. Yeah, and, and it was still like it was really it's their best good. selling album, and like yeah. all the other songs are but wh- good. Okay,
0: but why is it their best selling album? Because of because of, light, light, cover, right? but, because of the cover. right? Because of the cover. But, but if we're thinking about good.
1: the quality of the music itself outside of that, and just trying to analyze good, how good they I were, I understand. Those I'm music. just
0: saying. Oh, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just right. saying that the way he yeah. said that was implying right. that it wasn't
1: I would say, the cover. Right. I'm saying if this was all original music, they would be a couple of points above average because of how yeah. good of a Rangers that they are. Yeah. Uh, that comes down a little bit, but I'm still above average because of I'm how d- good of oh, a they are. Are we at like as
0: well.
2: a
1: six, maybe? I would be or, fine. Or is that with too high.
0: That. Um,. I was maybe a little bit under, but I mean, I can. I'm go willing. A I'm six. willing to go okay. lower. I mean, uh, I, I would go, probably want to be
1: at like, like a five point 8. eight. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of where okay I was feeling. I'm all right with that. that. Uh, and then poetic Town, I mean, this is definitely not their strong suit. Not even um, close. I again, mean, the fact the words are pretty much the one thing that they mostly keep from their yeah. covers, mostly. Um,
0: and, I mean, let's be fair. A, a good chunk of their originals are instrumental. Is instrumental. Right. So, I
1: agree. So this should be definitely a, a low score compared to the last couple of
0: years. I mean, this has to be a basement score. I'm sorry. Like, it has to be.
1: Most of it's sure. covers. Like, I'm in, yeah. like, maybe a two. Oh, yeah. That's fine. Maybe a okay. two.
0: I mean, that's that's where I would be.
1: Yeah, I don't have any problem with that at all. Good. And I don't have an X Factor for you, either. Zero X Factor. So we nope, no X Factor. right along to
0: Fox. All right. Fox. Okay. Um... What to say about Fox? Have you heard of him? (laughs) Uh, So Fox was an- American six-piece alternative folk indie pop band from Wisconsin, from Baraboo, Wisconsin. We've all been there. Uh, So they have one album that was released in 2014. They were active from 2011 to 2016, where they went on an indefinite hiatus, and uh, it's still going. Yeah. Uh, So they released one album, also very conveniently titled Fox.
1: Yeah, we Is this another episode where we have everybody gets an
0: eponymous album? album. But yeah, so Fox's, you know, only LP album situation. Let's talk about it. Sure. Uh, I went first last time, so I'm going to make someone else go first, and that'll be Nick.
1: Okay. uh, So I actually was aware of this album before podcast stuff at all, uh, because I, on occasion, will just go looking through genres and download a bunch of random bands just to try things out and lo- look for new stuff. So I had heard this album once before. Uh, and so it turned out I really loved it. And so I threw them on the uh, on the podcast uh, schedule here for us to listen to. Really sad that this is their only only record uh, because they're such an interesting and unique sounding band. Uh, the, the closest thing that we've ever talked about on the show that I can compare them to is the Fleet Foxes because, uh, one, they use a lot of unique instrumentations and they have a lot of different Uh, cool sounds coming in you might get like a banjo on a piece or you know all sorts of different like folk instruments get incorporated Uh, and the other thing is that it sounds it has like this very airy recorded in a warehouse type quality to it that the fleet fox's music also had um, which uh, was a major plus for me Uh, i know that we might all have different uh, feelings about this but i actually really enjoy monica martin as the lead singer i love Uh, her as the lead singer she has a very interesting and unique voice, uh, and it's unfortunate that this is the only album we get to hear it on. She, she does have some other work with other bands, which we'll check out at some point, but uh, I really like what she brings to the band. I really like what everybody brought to this band. I mean, uh, to just to pick out a few tracks, uh, Slow Motion I thought was a really cool one. It had a great little like country bluegrass kind of feel or influence because of the banjo that was involved. Um, Noble Heart was another really uh, great little track. Uh, the piano was, was the highlight of that one, I thought, instrumentally speaking. I would also recommend the bonus track version. Go get those extra three tracks. They're totally worth it. Uh, all three of those were just as great as everything that made the album. And I think that's all I can really say because there's so little yeah, out there about this band. not you know? much to say.
2: I'll, I'll piggyback next off of Nick. I sure. really enjoyed the band. Um, I love the kind of, um, you know, folky indie pop kind of sound. Yeah. Um, This band reminded me a lot of uh, another band that's kind of in the same vein uh, called Tall Heights, which is a really good band Um, worth checking out if you if you enjoyed this stuff. Um, But I really enjoyed their sound. I also really enjoyed how they could create a sound around them that kind of captured the atmosphere Of what the song was about, Mm. I think that that's such a great thing to do as a band. Um, The song that that the highlight of this album for me is their song Laura. I really Mm. I really love that song and uh, the singer uh, Monica Martin. She shines on that song. Uh, I really enjoy it. It's a good one.
1: Awesome. All right, Patrick, wrap us up. Cool. (laughs) So
2: I mostly agree with everything you're saying. Uh,
0: Musically, these guys uh, are super super tight. Um, I really enjoy the atmospheric vibe of the album i mean like nick said because I, I really do enjoy fleet foxes yeah. um that that sense of like you're in the room with them during the recording is yeah. the way that i yeah, get. so there's really two different ways to kind of record music you record music and it makes you feel like they're in the room with you or you record music and it makes them you feel like you're in the room with them mm. and i like that other style it seems like it doesn't happen as much most of the time when you perform you know on an album you want it to sound like you're performing a concert for the people these guys are like no you're here with me that's the vibe we're all in this warehouse together singing these songs um i really enjoyed the song evil yeah uh that was a killer track for me i I really thought that was a lot of fun to listen to um they have this like most of it's like really kind of slow lowered tempoed things like really kind of chill you know you're not going to get a lot of upbeat Punch yeah right. From them. It's not a dancing around. Yeah, album. Um, this is an album you like really just have to sit and listen to. Like you're not going to be putting this on. I mean, maybe you can put it on in the background, but you're not putting it on for anything high energy. No. Um, the only thing for me is that while I recognize that Monica Martin is a great singer, I fully very powerful vocals. Um, a lot of a lot of really good emotion in her voice. That like the way she covers her voice. Um like covering her tone to create like this like shadow in her voice. For some like there's like a good amount of like pop singers who do that exact same thing. It's super grating to me. Yeah, I know. It, I know it is. It's super grating to me. It's it's like it, I want you to just just sing with your voice. Mhm. Just because I like your voice, you have yeah. really good tone, and there was a couple times throughout this when it kind of fell off, typically when she was getting, you know, the higher you get when you sing, the less you can do stuff yeah. like oh, that. Yeah, oh, definitely. So uh, when she was getting there, I'm like, oh my god, so she does have a really good voice. Why are you, why are you hiding it like this? It's almost <laughs> like Mr. Hanky from South Park. Uh, <laughs> that, that was uh, so that's, that's the like, the only negative I have. I really like her voice. I really wish she just used mm-hmm. her voice more and less of that. Sure.
1: I get that. All right. I mean, that's all we've got. We've got to grade them because they've got just yeah, this one. Right. <laughs> Let's do it. So yep. I'm going to s- take a shot in the dark. Neither of you guys have ever heard of this band before? Uh, no, no. No, sir. Okay. I mean, they're a point one, right, for cultural impact? Yeah. They have to be
0: a point one because we don't give anyone a zero.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Um,
0: And it's a shame. Yeah. Um, Now, Breath of yep. Work-
1: well, they have one album.
0: They have one album. It's 12 songs. It didn't chart or certify.
1: But it's very, very good. So, Which is why I would them give them something. a one. Okay. A yes. full one point A full for one that. point because yeah. of how a good it is. A full one. Yeah. All right. That sounds like it works for me. Uh, instrumental talent. Okay, so we're higher here. We're definitely higher. Now,
0: here. here's the thing. We do we do have to take some points because of just the small sample size.
1: Sure, I get that. Uh and here's the other thing I would say is just that I think it's so much more with the exception of Monica Martin's voice, it's so much more the arrangement and the mix than it For is sure. the app, they're, you know, the virtuosic talent on instruments. I think they're going to get a little added on songwriting and a little taken on instrumental.
0: Yeah, so like a like
1: I'm not really going above a five for this Oh, one, God, right? Yeah, no. No. I was
0: more like a maybe a three.
1: Oh, okay, great. Okay. I'm, I'm on board with I, that. Yeah, I like... feel so bad because I like this album. So- I mean, we They're all like so this great. album so much. Yeah, so I mean- so, and It's I, just I, such a shame.
0: Let's just be clear here. Yeah. The rankings and stuff are because we're comparing them to other artists. The reason we bring an artist like this into our show is to showcase them so you, the listeners, maybe will hear our review of the album and want to go listen to it. Exactly. Them. We know they're not
1: going to do well in exactly. the scoring. But it would be very nice if, if anyone actually became a fan. Yeah, of-
0: like we know they're not going to do well in our scoring, but we made a commitment when we started the podcast that we're going to compare every musical act we could find. Yeah. And that includes people who've released 12 songs on a single LP and then disappeared into the night.
1: Right. They're included in this, so yeah. All right, so that being said, we should just move right along to uh, Songwriting Talent, which I do think we should try to give them a couple of points for, too. I know it's only yeah. one album, but they did it really... I mean, it, it was the strongest aspect of that album.
0: I would agree. Yeah, I, I'm willing to give them points here. I mean... Th- I'm gonna be honest with you, the highest I could cap out with them is a five though.
1: Wow. Okay. I mean I think that might be like even a little bit much just because of how little work it's oh, one I, record. I'm
0: agreeing. I'm just saying um, the absolute highest I could cap out on a band like but this. But what is about a five. like a four? A four would be great. I would yeah, feel better
1: about giving them a four for that record. Okay. Uh and then we just need to do poetic talent, which I also think they do a nice job with on this record. For sure. I think they do a nice yeah. job, but it's just it's just one.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just the one. I do think so they do a really good job here of storytelling oh definitely so they're not really pulling too much in metaphors for a lot of this a lot of this is a little bit more straightforward Mm -hmm. um
1: but that can be done in a way that's really really and it is
0: it's done in a way that you relate to it's done in a way where like again it really feels almost conversational yeah right not everything has to
1: be shrouded in deeper right it it
0: almost feels conversational because it's also coupled with like we had just talked about the the feel of the album like that you're like you're with them in the room yeah. So now, if you combine all of that together, I'm in the room with them as they're performing this album, and they're talking to me about the situations. Yeah, I get that. Therefore, I mean, I'm giving them points for that. Okay. Uh, I honestly am just only a hair under the songwriting. Okay. Like I'm That's in fair. like maybe like the three seven range.
1: I yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking around right. the, round okay the same. We'll do that, and then we will give them nothing for X factor, I assume.
0: Uh, their names in all caps.
1: That's true. Do and they their name them has them hold on. One Their point name for each letter has and has an X in it. Do we give an X factor to any band that has, <laughs> that has an, X an X in, in X? it? And if we do well, that. Have... Is the band The Fix? Uh, do they get two uh, points because they spell Possibly. F-I-X-X? Possibly. Well, hold on. Can, can I say something real quick? Right.
2: It's not only that they have the X, but even though they're not from Philly, they're representing the Philadelphia spirit. <laughs> By having the, with, the PH, ph, ph <laughs> instead <laughs> of the F. Five so points. I think
0: that's yeah, worth. I'm willing to give them 40 points as an X Factor. <laughs> Let's no bump them man. all the two way one up. 215. No, right. A .215. I appreciate yeah. that. Well
1: out. done. Well done. Um, um, or a People outside two, of the six, Philadelphia seven. area might not get that joke. But,
0: uh, <laughs> uh, no, no X Factor, though. Yeah, Let's, no, yeah. there's not. Unfortunately.
1: Yeah, no, no. Uh, and we are going to just move right into Sublime.
0: Okay, let's wrap things up with Sublime. So, Sublime was an American reggae rock and ska punk band from Long Beach, California. They were formed in 1988, and they were active until 1996. So that's that.
1: Paris. Right. They are active again, but they're Sublime with Rome now, yes. and it's a di- very different thing. They've very released their different. own music. They don't like touch the original Sublime. Oh, they Bradley's they'll work. play it. Right. I mean, like they don't like. You know, they, they don't they consider themselves stuff, yeah. something separate l- than that. Yeah, you know? they
0: can yeah, there's a separate group who still plays those songs live, right. uh, except for a few of them, uh which Rome won't sing out of Fair respect. Enough. Uh there's bl- we'll talk about it. We'll get yeah, there. Okay. I will yeah. remember it when we take yeah. my notes. All right, I understand. Uh so Sublime, we went over three of their albums. Uh, with the only three albums they released, uh, which is 40 Ounces to Freedom, which came out in June of 1992, just like I, I did. Uh, so did I. We all came out in June 1992. Except for Yay. Alex. He came out in like, June yeah. of 2011. Yeah, that sounds about Even right. though that's neither his birth year or birth month. That's correct.
2: That is true. <laughs>
0: that is true. <laughs> They're both wrong. Um, uh, we also listened to Robin the Hood, which came out in 1994, which we're still not where... He was born. Right. We're still not no, there yet. No, we are not. Uh, and then we get to Sublime, the eponymous third album, and that came out in 1996.
1: Alex still does not still
0: exist. Still does not exist. So the entire-
2: Sublime, yeah. <laughs> the they, entire- they lived and died yeah. <laughs> before I lived. Yeah.
0: Yes, they did. Um, okay. Let's talk about 40 Ounces to Freedom, and Alex, you have yet to go first
2: yeah i'll start on it um so this album released in 92 uh a little bit of background on it which i thought was actually very interesting was that they recorded the album inside uh, a, uh, a a studio in a school so uh, a music student michael Happolt, i don't know if that's how you pronounce the name um came up to them and said like hey guys uh, i can you i can record you in, in the studio at the school i'm uh, where, where i go to and so they broke into the school at night because you weren't supposed to be in there until nine huh. uh, after 9 p.m but they would break in they would record from 9 30 until 5 in the morning and that's how they recorded the entire album wow. and they, so they somehow
0: they, managed to not get caught while recording 75 minutes of music
2: yeah this is yes. a very long album it, it, it's yes. almost like a like a oceans 11 type heist almost um but i the album was okay i thought a lot of the songs sounded like demos they didn't sound like great production um they were all like two to three minutes. Which for me isn't really a great spot to be in for a song because uh, it just real it's, quick
0: because I I feel like you're going to talk about the, what we agree is the best musical song on the album. Trigger warning for the title of this song. Let's just be clear, there's okay. a trigger warning on the title of this song. It, it we're not going to talk about the subject matter, uh, which is disagreeable, but we're going to talk like we're going to mention the title. Trigger warning to anybody for the next six minutes.
2: Well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until, until we finish up this album. But um, the the songs kind of just kind of sit in this like minute to two and a half minute range where I, I feel like a song can't really flesh itself out all the way. And so some of the songs just seem to fall flat for me. Um, The best song on the album, which is where the trigger warning is coming in, is called Date Rate. Um, I, that's my favorite song purely, not because of the lyrical content. Obviously. I think it could do without, but the melodic and instrumental Uh, Content of that song sounds amazing. Um, A little fun fact. I'm sorry, not to cut you off. I want you to finish talking. No worries. The subject,
0: like the message of the song, is saying how bad it is and how they don't feel bad for the person who got caught doing
1: it. Right. Just to
0: give a little credit to Sublime, still doesn't need to be said and it shouldn't have been that way. But regardless, that was all I had to say.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, uh, Something I found a little bit weird about the, the album was that the drummer only played drums on four of the songs. Yeah. And all of the other songs it was it was their like turntable DJ guy playing the drums. Right. Yeah. Which Marshall is interesting did, how they wouldn't have gotten, you know, the drummer to just do drums on all of them. Makes very little sense. Yeah. But uh okay. album contains a lot of covers. They're okay. They're a It contains too. a lot of originals. They're okay. And yeah,
1: it was just a really okay album. Yeah, no, I I fully agree with that. Um, it's a lot of different stuff. Uh, even in the covers are super eclectic. Uh, I was just looking at some of the reviews for this album, and it was the Pitchfork review where uh, they said the the debut album from the SoCal Trio is a flawed artifact of '90s alt rock, punk ska, and hip hop. And I'm like, yeah, that's about right. Um, you can, t- I mean, when they're in their reggae and ska element that's when this band is by far the best when they're using some of their other influences uh not so much
2: uh and that's another thing that i noted was really weird about the album was that with a lot of genre blends like you're getting the best of both worlds but with this it felt like one song was ska and the next one was punk it's not like yeah exactly they're writing and, a ska punk
3: song
1: right so i i mean like i appreciate that they have a lot of different genres that they want to cover and a lot of different things that they want to do but it really felt like it was only working when it was ska and reggae like i don't know if you yeah. guys agree but th- with their punk and their hip-hop didn't did not land at all with me I- yeah um, but there were a couple of songs on this that you guys just didn't mention that I will say that I knew I didn't going know in. Yet, so, <laughs> um, right, <laughs> you, fair enough. You guys just but, didn't uh, mention it. I was I was familiar with the songs uh, "Smoke Two Joints" and "Bad yeah. Fish" as well. Like those, I definitely had known, had heard several times before. Because uh, this is definitely not the album that's got like their big, big hits. Um, but as we mentioned, the song Alex mentioned before, along with uh, "Bad Fish" and. Smoke two joints and maybe even the title track 40 Ances freedom are like the kind of well well known ones here i never would have guessed about some of the covers like they cover scarlet Pagonias by the grateful dead never would have thought that existed <laughs> yeah uh they even do a bb king cover on here for like it was it was bizarre and at times good and at times bad never was it great no and that's what i got yeah and then,
0: you know <laughs> i get it that's what i got ah. i get what you did there
1: uh, okay so i am
0: Actually, a bit more positive than you okay, guys are yeah. on this album. Okay. So uh-huh. uh, there was a couple things on this album that kind of struck me. Uh, one of them was the overall energy, um, and it is definitely a product of its time. This is exactly the sound I think of when I think of like middle of the pack '90s music. Okay. This is the sound. Yeah. There's basically three sounds I think came out of the '90s
1: grunge there's
0: grunge there's ska and then there's like overdone overproduced Piano pop Okay I
1: get that it, So okay. those
0: are the three so- That really were 90s to me And this is This is the Almost the Like the honorary mention Of the 90s That like Super turntabley Like hip hop oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like what Like a Hip hop sound Very much so and, and they nail it On a lot of this stuff It just feels like You know Exactly what Alex said It feels like a bunch of kids Who broke into a school And recorded an album And that's fun And I think that There was flashes here Of some really good Good mixes. I think you know uh, the 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 questionable trigger song, which I won't mention the title of again. Yeah. I don't know if it's been six minutes, but Whatever. I won't. we know what we're talking. about. We know what we're talking about. Um, anybody who reads the track listing will know the song. I thought it's obviously the best song on the album musically. Yeah. Um, it has it. It's the most together. It's it knows what it is musically. Um, I think their covers were all decent. Uh, none of them really struck me as brilliant or even necessarily better than the original. Because I did go back and listen to the originals of the covers on this album
1: yeah no definitely not
0: um the title track 40 ounces to freedom was like surprisingly catchy to me like i listened to it and i went oh this isn't bad but i mean whatever and then uh i listened to it on the way to work and pretty much all day i was like humming it interesting okay. and I was like okay so it's definitely it's got some catchiness to it I thought that there were moments on this album uh, where uh, Bradley Noel's voice was surprisingly good
1: oh yeah I mean he could definitely sing when given the opportunity
0: right uh, so and there was a couple moments on this album too which were even more surprising to me where there was harmony yes Um. Mm-hmm. so those things combined like I think not bad is probably the you know good is is a term for this album I'm not gonna say it's great I agree agree with you on that point but I'm definitely a little more positive I thought just taking this album as a first album for a band and forgetting what happens the rest of Sublime's career right I am left wanting more
1: okay I guess I mean I think I would agree that more of it was good than bad yeah I would agree with that I I like that
0: so I guess it has come to me now
1: to start talking
0: about Robin the Hood Okay. Okay. Um, so I want you to say. I want to start by saying that the fans of Sublime at this point, after the first album, they were they had been getting some popularity, and of course because it's the '90s and that's the culture of the '90s, everyone's like, "Oh man, Sublime's selling out because they're actually you know making a little bit of money off their music now." Sellouts. <laughs> to which Sublime went, "Oh no, no, no! We can't have that." Ooh. So uh, <laughs> this album came out, um, and it is it is a brag from them that it is uh, thirteen self-produced four-track home recordings. And it definitely sounds like that. Uh-huh. Uh so I want to talk about the the negatives and then I do have positives. Fascinating. Yeah. So uh the negatives, <laughs> uh Anything titled "Raleigh Soliloquy" on this album's parts one, two, and three just need to not exist.
1: <laughs> I fully
0: yeah. agree with that. They are. I agree with that as well. Absolute weird. Awful nastiness. Uh, yeah,
1: just horrible to listen to. Um,
0: lyrically, I mean, it's not even lyrics. It's literally just somebody talking. Some old guy talking. And so and seriously, saying gross stuff. just super gross, super unnecessary. I understand you're being edgy. You know, whatever. Um, but seriously, it's not good. I also did not enjoy the song Cisco Kid. Uh those are my two big negatives. Is all the Raleigh soliloquies and Cisco Kid. Um, throughout most of this album, they are taking samples. Uh, like, heavy, heavy samplings going on throughout this. Um, I mean, everywhere from Bad Fish, um, they, they take some Steely Dan, they take Yellow Man, they take um, Primal Scream. All the way throughout stuff, uh, they sample their own future work. Um, in yeah. the song Lincoln Highway dub, which if I, if you listen to no other song listen to that one because you'll be you'll recognize Santoria immediately. Yep. It's pretty much just the instrumental to Santoria. The solo's the same. Yeah. Pretty Everything. much I mean, like at least the first song. half of the solo's the it's same. It's like they wrote they wrote this song and then we're like, Man, that's would sound good if we wrote a real song about it. Um, but that all is the negative stuff. Two positives, um I did not mind uh waiting for Bud, the opening track, the instrumental. Uh, I was excited when i heard that song because it was more akin to the first album and then the rest of the album happened but uh the best song by far on this album it's not even close is boss dj which is just an acoustic it's just brad noel singing really stripped down acoustic guitar work and he is phenomenal on that song okay like i mean the vocals on that song were great yeah he's he's good (laughs) that The rest of the album sucked.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't even know what this was. I mean, it was most akin to me to when we listened to Sid Barrett and we were like, oh, no, this is a person who is just in the throes of addiction and is barely cognizant of the world going on around them and just some weird sound oh, is and, happening. Uh, yeah, to be I clear, mean,
0: all three of them, I believe, at least I know for a fact two of them, Yeah. that is the case. They were heavily in the throes of multiple drug addictions. Right. Uh, the biggest one is Brad Noel. Obviously, right. anybody who knows about Sublime, he was addicted to heroin.
1: Right, and unfortunately passed uh, after the third album. Before but, the third album. Oh, before the third album. Wow, okay. Um, but wow. yeah, this is just like, that. if you took all of the worst things about Sublime and then Put them in a blender so that they weren't even actually songs anymore and they were like a couple clip ideas of songs that got just mashed up with weird like samples of like talking and better songs are used in here like the one that pat like low-lighted cisco kid has When the music's over, by the Doors in it, and I was like, and I'm, and at this point, I'm like more than halfway through the album of just like random nonsense and horribleness, and I'm like, I want to stop listening to this and go listen to the Doors. I don't want to be here anymore. Um, Yeah, it was just, it was painful to listen to not just because it was not even like a comprehensive piece of music it's not like they're shorter tracks because they're well done and they've said all they needed to say in a short piece of music it just feels like they kind of start it started jamming for a minute on a four track tape recorder and then they were like okay i'm out of that idea so that one's just over that's just a minute that we can just throw on there that's just 40 seconds we can throw on there um It was just I I have I have nothing positive to say.
0: Not even boss DJ. I mean,
1: sure, that's fine. I mean, I was so done at that point that I couldn't even enjoy anything. I I was just like, I was just counting the seconds until it was all going to be over. Sure, I listen. (laughs) I
0: I get it. Uh, All right, Alex,
2: go ahead. I don't have anything positive to add. I'm just gonna like the the songs. So, like like Nick was saying, they sound like ideas that they just kind of put together, and then we're like, oh, you know what? People can listen to this. They they can they can physically listen to this with their ears. Let's just put it on the album. Yeah, right. Um, Fair enough. And and with my gripe with the previous album of songs under like two and a half minutes, this album has twelve of those songs that are under two and a half minutes, which is just and some of them are as short as 57 seconds which like you can't 43 seconds even like you can't even do it you can't do a full song in 43 seconds like and and it might be like some interlude things but like even so but it's not that well put together like it it would be
1: i would be fine with that if they were interludes i i'm okay if you've got like a really good 43 second idea and you have nowhere else to put it but it really like perfectly takes you from one song to the next song Great, put it in there. I'm fine with that. Yeah, like, but there like Manfred, no, there's Man. no cohesiveness here.
2: Manfred Mann in the last album did did a few of those songs, like like yeah. songs that were not really like songs. They kind of just like were switching over, and I I kind of ragged on them for that, for like the fading out. But like, yeah. they at least felt kind of like we were transitioning
1: to something. Yeah, this it just feels like a, a, a hodgepodge of, of songs. Exactly, and, and I I was not a fan. I've came up. I came up with one thing that I could say that was positive about this. Okay, which is that uh, Gwen Stefani is featured on it, and yeah, I like Gwen Stefani. I think true. the '90s albums that No Doubt put out are fantastic. Uh, just the '90s albums, though, and I will say that they did do a uh, a song with Sublime that ended up on the No Doubts like self produced album, the Beacon Street Collection, called "Total Hate '95," and that is probably my favorite song that involves Sublime <laughs> in any way. That song is fantastic. So check out No Doubt and Sublime doing a song "Total Hate '95." It's one of the best things in both of their repertoires.
0: Fair enough. All right. Um, I technically, Nick, you're going to start us off with this album, but I just want to be—I want everybody to get the timeline. So, yeah. uh, Sublime, the the album, not the band, uh, came out on July 30th, 1996, uh, which is two months after Brad Knoll had passed away. So, finished recording the album. It was originally titled Killing It. Oh, okay. That was the original title of this album. And then Bradley passed away. Then they, you know, they changed the name of it. Um, They're actually, um, if you really, like, search for it, you can find uh images of the poster for the original album killing it which is the three of them dressed up in like mafioso gear oh wow full like pinstripe suits like holding tommy guns uh that was like the the style that they were going for and then they changed it to you know the the image of the person with sublime tattooed on their back gotcha um at after he passed away
1: yeah all right cool um so coming into this one a lot of the songs that you know by sublime are here yeah uh, santeria is here and it's fantastic what i got is here and it's fantastic wrong way is here uh so a lot of the ones that you would know from the radio uh in time which is their song that kind of like incorporates summertime and Elevens easy like and, a lot uh,
0: and pretty, caress me down that's also yeah. a pretty big one yes
1: and caress me down uh and i was gonna say of all the ones that you would know all of those are great except for Caress Me Down, which yeah. I think is like the most imi- it's like the kind of thing that like a thirteen year old boy would pretend that he likes to seem cool I, to I his just, other thirteen year old friends.
0: I just want to say um that's the song uh I remember now. That's the song that Rome won't play because the first line is Mayama Bradley. Oh yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. so he's like, no, he's singing that from his own point of view. Sure. I respect that. So just remember the name of it. I wanted to
1: throw it back. Good to know. Yeah, but that's the one that's the one like popular sublime song that I think is just ridiculously stupid stupid. uh the other ones that are all in this album are much much better some of them are really good uh and this album in general is well thought out and put together pieces of music they're actually completed song ideas which after robin the hood i desperately needed that and it was so refreshing to hear it on this album Uh, again i still think that they are you know absolutely a hundred percent at their best when they've got that ska reggae background uh behind these tracks yeah Uh, So there are definitely times where they go in other directions and it's not bad on this album. I mean, it's definitely better on this record compared to to their other two. It's just a world of difference here. Um, One thing that was kind of a question mark was the uh, What I Got reprise. Yeah, which is the same same. song, but it sounds like a a second take. It almost almost just sounds like this is a different take with a different feel, slightly, Uh, but it's the same song from beginning to end, and let's just see which one we like and which one we don't. I don't know. Yeah. And they both went on to the... To the record i guess uh and then i have a six degrees of totem talks but alex you were about to say something yeah no. uh,
2: i was just gonna say that i i feel like i like the idea of a reprise on an album yeah, i think i do too it could be done well i don't think that was the way to do that it. was not
1: the, playing the same song again was not the way to do it but anyway six degrees yeah. of totem talks awesome so uh the song santeria which we've mentioned already before uh ready for my stretch uh i have made a fool of myself when talking about film and uh of any kind on this podcast Oh, man. Uh, But this song was featured in the soundtrack of a movie called This Is 40, a Judd Apatow film. That soundtrack not only also features Rooster by Allison Chains, who we've talked about, but that film actually features the band The Rumor uh, of Graham Parker and The Rumor fame, and the whole like Paul Rudd's thing is getting them back together for his record label. And we talked about how The Rumor, uh, many of the members of that band were the backing band for Elvis Costello on his solo albums. Wow. Wow. Look at you. So there you, you go. You had
0: all those little layups with Manfred man and you went, "No, I'm playing hardball at is correct. six degrees." Proud of you. Proudy for that.
2: Yep. Yeah, that's that was a good one. Thank you. All right. Okay, um, I'm all done. Alex, go. Uh, the, I think one of the the biggest takeaways I have from this album is how important production is because when you listen to the first two albums, it's kind of like, you know, it, it, the production's not necessarily horrible. Shout out to our But Ron. it's not yes. It's not good. The production not good at all. Not at all and it's it's like you hear this album and all of a sudden everything's mixed correctly you have you, you know little like everything sounds high quality and you're like wow these songs really like take a new life like the santeria or, or the lincoln highway dub on on robin the hood yeah. versus santeria on this album like it, it's a whole new life even though it's practically the same song and yeah. i i think you you get a a it gives it makes the songs more enjoyable. Like I, I know I was griping on on two and a half minute less songs, but wrong way is two two minutes sixteen. I wish I had more of it. It yeah. was a good song. I I really enjoyed that song. Uh, and, and you know it, the production value, like made me forget that it was less than two and a half minutes. But yeah. um, all in all, the album's really good. The 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 songs they're they're leaning more towards their ska than their punk, which I enjoy. Yeah, uh, definitely. And and it just it sounds like a great album. Cool. Or Hi, a good album.
0: Right, okay. Yes. So, uh, before I start talking about the specifics of the album, um, some of the recording issues that this album ran into. So, like uh, like Alex was saying, this was um, a major label as compared to amateur recordings before, and this band <laughs> didn't necessarily handle that well. Uh, there was a lot of struggle with getting them in the studio. Um, basically, the especially brad Noel, Hmm. who obviously since it since he passed away before the album came out it's pretty obvious to everybody that he was very deep into the throes of his addiction at this point um he was he ended up being so addled with his addiction that he got sent home before they were finished recording so he once as soon as he finished his parts in like kind of incomplete songs he got sent home he was done because they just couldn't keep him sober right uh and basically they said that uh On the good days, the band would arrive right at 9 a.m. with margaritas in one hand and instruments in the other. And then at other days, they basically nearly burned the place down. They were so drugged out. Wow. So some of the struggles of Sublime um, and uh, some of the struggles of addiction in general. It's no joke. Um, Musically, this is obviously their best album. I, I mean, we, yeah, you oh guys yeah, both we said all agree it. On that. I echo By that, um, with the exception of the Ballad of Johnny Butt. <laughs> 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 um, the rest Fair of the songs point. are all pretty good, uh, and uh, pretty good to great. Yeah, yeah. Um, Agreed. I think "Santeria" is a great song. I do. I, I do think too. "What I Got" is a great song. I think "Wrong Way" is a great song. Um, I'm I with also you. really enjoyed "Garden Grove," the opening track. Um, started off with this like really lovely like orchestral opening that you would not expect from Santeria sure. or <laughs> Santeria from Sublime. From Sublime. <laughs>
1: You really wouldn't uh, expect would it to all expect- of a sudden be on Santeria, though. <laughs> That's yeah, for sure. Right?
0: Um, but just some stuff you wouldn't expect from them, some experimentation musically. Um, they had a little bit still of that hip-hop sound, um, mostly leaning more towards the kind of reggae, scottish ish vibe, um, more of that like alt-punk vibe on this record than in the previous records. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, this album, it's like they finally found the sublime sound. Right. Uh, and granted, it, it may just be because this is all we have of them that we think that, and maybe they maybe this isn't what they wanted, and who knows. But I think that this is what they wanted, and I think that it, it ended up being really good. I, the song caressed me down. I know, Nick, you hated it on it. I'm not saying I liked it. I get it, though. I mean, it's one of those songs, It's it's it, it doesn't take itself too seriously. No, no. It's very much like, we're all having a good time, let's make this song that's kind of dumb.
1: Right, I, I totally, it's not like they were trying to be artistic and profound. It was supposed right. to be stupid.
0: Uh, but yeah, all in all, pretty much nothing but positives about this last album. I uh, really enjoyed it, I'm um, really glad I got to listen to it. I actually knew the song wrong way, but didn't, yeah. hadn't listened well, to that it was in a pretty years. I was going to
1: say, that was a pretty big hit. I've, it was. I haven't that for a long time.
0: But I hadn't listened to it in years, so like rediscovering it was like ah, pretty okay. awesome. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and that is my piece. All right, so let's, let's grade them. Grade them.
1: Time to time to grade them. Okay, well they're gonna be our winners on cultural impact for the day,
0: for uh, sure. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I mean, it, and it's not even just because of the competition. I yeah. mean, Sublime is is remarkably like
1: they're culturally impactful well band. They're well known. Uh, for a short time, unfortunately. Is well,
0: they're enough. well known, not for a short time, they're well known in. Right, 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 right. They're well only known for their work over a short, over time. A short yeah. time. Had they, you know,
1: had they still been playing today, we'd probably be talking a lot higher. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, what, what so are do you we thinking? agree? We all agree that it's above average. Oh, it has to be. Okay. I mean, yeah. Alex if, was making a face. He's like, I don't know about all this. There is no okay, way. It's Alex.
2: because. I wasn't born when Sublime was still a band, but, but the fact but that you haven't—you weren't born. I knew the—I knew the songs. I didn't know the name of the band. Okay. So, so I don't know. I don't know how that impacts it. It could not impact it
1: at all. I, I uh, just want to sure. I get that. Put that I, I do out there think, for consideration. Right. I think their style and their blend of styles and the things that they did definitely were influential to what was going on in the music scene going forward at the time. I don't think we've necessarily seen another band that's really done the sublime thing. Although I would say one of the closest things was some of that uh, early work by um, Sugar Ray when they were incorporating yeah. hip hop into their more popular stuff. Yeah. Um but uh okay, we're we're above a 5 at least Pat and I are. I, yeah, what about we, a 6? I can do I can I can I can go. I can go with above a I 5. I was thinking a 6. Okay. Alex, that's, do you do you need to average us down That's a-
2: That's where I maybe average you guys down. That I can go I, to like 5.7. I,
0: I guess. I mean, the fact that you, who literally hadn't existed until many years after this band stopped making music and still knew more than one of their
1: songs, though. Many of them.
0: Many of their songs. I mean, I'm that's make
1: cultural him, impact. I'm going to make him come up to a 5.8. Uh, he
0: has to at least come up to a 5.8. I
1: mean, th- like- I'll come up because-
0: to a
2: 5.8 purely because what I got is in Guitar Hero. I'll do okay. that. 5.8. Yeah, I
0: get. Yeah, right. I mean, just because you haven't heard the name, right? You've heard multiple songs by them, and I think sure. you might have known the name too.
1: Okay, so, I
2: think I'm still holding a grudge from Bare Naked Ladies, but
1: okay, we'll get. I'll get um, over it for this one. So Sublime has three albums. Uh, they. All have certifications. Uh it is a miracle that Robin Hood has certifications. But here's the thing. Sublime hit it big, finally had a major label and went six times platinum with Sublime. And then people started buying their back catalog and those things started uh hitting. I
0: I need to know what number you're thinking before I say anything.
1: Oh, okay. So I have so there are three records. Um one of them is a is a dumpster fire. One of them is a dumpster fire, uh, and that hurts. One of them is very good. Uh and that helps. And one of them is somewhere in the middle. So if we're at half, we're starting at a 2, 2.5. If we're talking about the uh, the thresholds, maybe that takes us up to a three. Uh, give them an extra half a point for hitting some, some nice thresholds there. Um, I'd be willing to go up even higher than that because there's more good than bad. But there is some, like, at least an album plus of absolute garbage, and you can't deny that. I'm three. not
0: denying the fact that this, I Okay, so I did math. Okay. I did math. Congratulations, I, Pat. I knew before we even started recording that this is where this was going to go. Okay. Manfred Mann has yeah. 17 albums. Right. Now, if you take the certifications in the United States— a gold record is 500,000 records. Correct. Platinum is 1 million records. Correct. So what I did was I took all 17 of Manford Mann's albums, and I, ass- I assumed that every single one of them sold 499,999, okay. except for the one gold, which sold 999,999. Okay. Everything sold the max it could sell for its mm-hmm. current certification. And I wound up with a number that was roughly 8.9 million total records sold. Okay. Then I took Sublime's three albums.
1: Which would get you right around the same number. And I I
0: took the least amount you could get for certification. Mm -hmm. So for the double platinum 40 ounces to freedom, I received 2 million flat. Sure. For Robin the Hood, 500,000 flat. It went gold. Yeah. And then for Sublime, 6 million flat. Right. 8.5 million. Yeah. So this, and that is, and, and let's be honest, there's no way in heck, there's no way that Manfred Mann sold anywhere near that number.
1: I probably inflated it by 4 million. Yeah, no. I, I fully agree with you there. So, but we're ta- that's one of the pillars here, right? So on one of the pillars we're talking about sublime sales being better, but we're talking about Manfred Man for Sublime Man having- sales
0: being many, many yes, times yes, better. Right, right. And if you throw in Fox's albums, album, LP, they still sold more than every other artist on this on this episode and it's not even close.
1: Sure. I I'm not disagreeing. But in terms of quality, Manford Man had a very high quality for, for 17 albums, for 14 more albums worth of music. And if you want to be like, but a lot of those were covers, well, guess what? A lot of the Sublime songs were also covers.
0: I understand. I mean,
1: I'm just. I'm just saying. If, I really. If you're think saying we only that the thresholds we are the only undersell. thing. undersell. I'm then not saying sublime, it's the only thing. It wins, but sublime wins in thresholds, but they lose in the amount and they lose in the quality.
0: I'm not saying it's the only thing, but you were going to give them half a point for the threshold. You said you literally went from a 2.5 to a three because they sold well. It's okay. got to be more than that. We have to give more credit to a band that sold at least eight and a half million records. Okay. I mean, so where, where do you want to wanna go? So wait, I hold, mean, on, I hold on. Hold
2: on. No, I don't th- I don't think we do. I
0: I mean it's absolutely I mean, insane. We give them we give them we we give them that really credit good.
1: in cultural impact. No, we don't. Yeah. We don't. Didn't I, even I, mention I how think... well they sold in cultural well, we impact. Were, just that people knew who I they mean, were. I mean, I was considering it, but here's the thing. Uh we have to get to we have to decide I mean, how I'm much? I'm firm on add on a three. for those thresholds versus how much do we want to? It's gotta hurt in some way that the second album was complete was just a fever dream of garbage, and the first album was like good in places and bad in other places, and it was only the- one album that was good all the way through.
0: This is the argument that I have had since the incorporate since the inauguration of this podcast.
1: Sales thresholds are important. I don't disagree. That's why sales I thresholds him- I'm- are important. I was important. over three. I was just starting to add things on i mean like i would probably max out at like three and a half for them though
0: i guess i mean i i st- like i just think that i know that's alex doing doesn't even want desserts. to go that high
1: i'm willing
2: to average out whatever whatever it is i think a three is you give them the half point
1: for, for that's what one you were point saying. for they, each they album sold and they really went good.
0: D- multi-platinum on two of them
1: that's
3: right. one point for each album
1: we give them two and a half for having three albums that's the I, base. We gave them two and, and a half the for the having three they get albums. From, and they have to go up from two and a half. Do you not Correct. agree with that? Correct. And I okay. would
0: maybe give them at least half a point per million albums sold, and
1: let's give them that. So you're, will- so you're willing to give them four points?
0: I'm just saying- if Four and a half points sales if you want to include the, So you want to Certifications-
1: add, should, You want to give them a seven.
0: I'm not necessarily saying I want to give them a seven. I legitimately want so to give saying, them like a, four so you're a
1: saying? So you're saying if a band- You're
2: saying if somebody goes double platinum, they should be like- Their Breath of Work should spike up, right? Right. I'm saying if Is that a band, what you're
0: if a band releases three albums and all three of them certify and two of them certify multi-platinum, but, but yes. they certified after no. the fact. They after, after how after do you know you weren't Bradley, even alive? Yes, but it
1: I because mean, well, it's Nick. You're set, assuming. Yeah, you're
0: assuming it. that we right. weren't. Nick's, none of us Nick's know when these I albums. Mean, sold. When I was
1: reading about them, they would say you know it sold 130,000 copies on an initial release or something like that, and so you know. That most of these albums, even by a pop even more popular artists than Sublime, oftentimes go platinum way after the fact.
0: But that doesn't necessarily doesn't change right. the fact no. that they went of multi-platinum.
1: But do you think if anyone had heard the album Robin the Hood that they would then buy it? Or do you think people bought it because they're like, Oh, Sublime is such a great album, I, w- I should get other work by them. But they on still its merit, it's it. awful. I, okay. I'm not disagreeing with you. All right, you. Alex, what do you want? What's your score? Pat's score is uh, a four, four and, and a half. Your score is what? My score is a three. I'm Your score is a it. three. Right. I'm happy yeah. to sit in, in between you guys. I'll t- give them a 3.7. Uh, that's fine by me. Okay. Instrumental talent. Um, this is definitely, They're good. to me, a case of I wish they used what was really the best about this band more, which was yeah. Bradley can really sing when he wants to, but they very much hamper his he's ability also to a good do guitar that player. with. Yes, I agree with that, too. He's, I think he's a very good guitar player. Um, unfortunately, the only thing that hurts them for me in terms of that is that they just don't use him. Sort of like how if you go way back to our first episode about NSYNC, it's like, yeah, all those guys could sing, but they never really like highlighted or showcased the voices in a way that kind of showed them, showed their true potential and talent and i don't think sublime fully showcases their true potential and talent as much as they should i agree yeah um, but i still don't think that that makes them bad because uh, in terms of bradley himself he's very good he he yeah
3: i don't think talented. they're
2: bad i definitely don't think they're their instrumental talent that they like they don't showcase anything that's like really special I think a lot of what they do comes from the songwriting, like and and the, the style that they're they're playing in. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they're they're necessarily like I wouldn't call them like above average. Well, I'll call them above
1: average. I wouldn't call them great. That's fine. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I would be probably sitting in the in the low fives.
2: Yeah,
0: that's
1: fine. Yeah, I, I think so too. Uh, what do you guys want? Like a five, five, Two? two? okay uh songwriting now i this is one of those cases where you know even if i don't like a lot of the different styles they dip into i really appreciate that they try so many different things um yeah i do think they get credit for that uh one thing that i don't know exactly how to score because we've never incorporated it before is they involve so much sampling and adding in work from other musicians and other people and just kind of so, like, and there's a door song. And I do think that the, you know. there is
0: a difference between sampling and covering. So you're pulling, you're pulling pieces of different songs to create a new thing, right? Um, so I mean, I definitely don't think that takes away nearly as much as a cover would.
1: I think that's, I, yeah. I agree with that. Uh, I mean, again, but it I, is something that I find like slightly detrimental it to is to your overall songwriting it,
0: Yeah, I mean it is, but I'm I'm just saying like you, you know, if you take away a full point for a cover, mm-hmm. theoretically you take away half a point for a sample as sure. well. No, uh, yeah, I get that. And um, it's
2: not like with with Manfred how their their covers are, you know, sometimes better than the originals. Right. Nor, like sublime remarkably The originals
1: different. are way better, yes. I think. That's certainly so, true. So,
2: for sure. You know, I think you give them a little bit for that,
1: right? I think the one of the other problems that we're just running up against for these last two categories in particular is just a lack of stuff. Yeah, uh, there's yeah. only three albums worth of stuff here, so I don't think we can go super high. But for the innovation that they showed in those three albums, I'd be willing to like put them in that f- in somewhere in between five and six. That's fine by yeah, me. Yeah,
0: I'm fine with that. I'm I can do like
1: a, a f- five six. I Think.
0: Okay. Yeah, five six works.
1: I'm okay with it. Uh, Poetic talent, I mean, a lot of it is just silly and fun and funny and stupid.
0: There are a couple of moments, you know, so, like, instead of being in the total basement, like, they're not fully in the basement here, because there's a couple moments, particularly on Sublime. Sure. I mean, Wrong Way is a pretty sentimental lyrical song. In, in it's it's not Yeah, no, I get you. It's it, you know, it's, it's
1: done in that sublime way of doing it that yeah. has to be like over the top explicit and stuff, but like that doesn't make it bad.
0: Exactly. And I mean Santeria is as a story. Yeah. You know, so they're not just it's not just nonsense.
1: No, it's not all total. I mean, there's some stuff that's pretty bad, and then there's some stuff that's not. Yeah, I mean, it it, it doesn't and average And then out there's high. three albums, and then there's covers to incorporate in there. Yeah, I that.
0: mean, for me, it probably averages out at, like, uh, in between a high two and a low three. Okay, uh, how about a
1: 2.9?
0: That works, yeah, right around that range is what I was thinking.
1: Uh, is there an X factor here? <sighs> is it, like, the the tragic death of Bradley at a young age, never realizing it? I mean, because there's some... Sometimes where someone in the band famously um, and tragically passing before their time has become an X factor
0: yeah and I mean that definitely could be considered one um I don't necessarily think in this case yeah it it's does. not
1: necessarily like a super faint it's not like it was like the day the music died playing crash or anything right. like that.
0: I don't think in this case okay I would say that it does.
1: All right well that's fair and that brings us to the end. I will We've say
0: unfortunately like as sad as it is, pro like I think this difference between an X Factor and a non X factor there is about three and a half months. Yeah, I, I was he, I was about he to say just
1: something. twenty eight. Oh, like yeah. oh, okay. twenty seven club versus being gotcha. twenty. Like, oh, okay, as
0: weird as that is, yeah, no, like as like that. kind of morbid to think right. about. But then, having he, he was in the twenty seven club,
1: he wouldn't have been able to finish up on sublime, right. and, and, and they it, wouldn't have had their one great record to. So.
0: And I agree. I I always no. I never want anybody no, to be in the twenty seven club. Obviously. I would much prefer long, healthy lives for yeah everybody.
1: All right, so um, I'll just tell you guys how the scores shook out this week, then. Yeah. So, All right. um, Fox on the uh, strength of their one and only one album ended up with an eleven point eight in third place this week. Proud of them. Yeah, I'm proud of them for that. they yeah. that one album is great. Check it out. Uh, the winner then for this week. Uh, and it was a very tight race. Uh, but it is sublime coming out on top, especially because of how much stronger they were on cultural impact than any any other uh, acts this week. And that gave them a 23.2. Uh, also, just a lot of bands that don't have a lot of work this week. Um, yeah. Two out of three didn't hit our six album average. Uh, and then that, of course, leaves Manfred Man's Earth Band right in the middle with a 22.6. So less than a, a point separated them with sublime.
0: Wow. All yeah. right. Well, oh, yeah. good uh, Good job. Good job for them. Yes, indeed. Um, if you guys enjoyed that episode, please feel free to go check out some other episodes of Totem Talks. Uh, if you just scroll either up or down, depending on the orientation of your app, they'll be there. Yeah exactly um, and if you guys really enjoy it and you want to check out some more stuff uh, please go on to our socials our Instagram is low underscore totem um, we have a Facebook it's low totem band um, and yeah check us out use the hashtag totem talks on your social media to uh, let us know how we're doing shoot us a DM hop in the DMs right. to, uh, to you know <laughs> tell us uh, things you maybe want us to do uh, a group of artists you want us to do um, on an episode maybe or something that's not this that maybe like one of our non-linear kind of ideas maybe you have yeah uh things like that, that. we love to do new things so. absolutely yeah
2: and uh if oh sorry Alex, if you on. have any if you have any suggestions for any bands that you want to see in an episode you know be sure to, exactly. to let us know like we'll discovering fox was a, was a really great thing if you know of any you know
1: smaller bands that that you don't really want to see featured stuff, yeah yeah um, like let so, us know right And so that being said, make sure to come back next week because we are going to continue our uh, new tradition of the last couple of episodes of having a really uh, great female vocalist. Uh, We went from Susan Tedeschi to Monica Martin of Fox. Uh, And next week, we're going to be taking a look at Heart. So that should be a lot of fun. Yeah,
0: we are. Uh, So cool. Make sure you check everything out. And then also while you're doing that, have a great day.